0: Log Talk Radio.
1: give you a little background about our introduction of music today. It's uh, Joey's song, and I've spent many quarters in a jukebox in a restaurant that uh, I had in Miami that uh, my partner and I, and I flipped many a egg and washed a lot of dishes listening to that song back in 1955 <laughs> And, uh, you know, I really didn't know anything other than the tune, which I thoroughly enjoy listening to. I can listen to it all day. But at any rate, uh, I didn't know who wrote the song, and I looked it up. And Bill Haley of Bill Haley and the Comets, that was his recording, Joey's song. That was the name of it. So with that out of the way, I'm going to do a short introduction in music that we have been used to for almost 11 years.
2: Handle bars, bicycle seats, a house full of love, a great place to grow, once upon a long time ago.
3: Oh no, not again.
0: Yeah,
4: I'm wondering that, too.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, he had boy.
3: A,
4: he had a tech person come and fix his computer, and it's been working all week, he said.
3: Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Well, while I got it here, you want me to maybe send you an email that's a dog playing the piano and singing? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not kidding. You think I'm making this up? <laughs> I'll forward it to you. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'd like that. to B R O. Tell me the front part of your email address. I can't think of it. Okay, info. info.
4: Info at.
3: Info at. Well, you know what the I'm easiest
4: one it. is? The one I use all the time is info at com. Just think of a classroom in, in Canada, CanadianClass.com in at
3: okay. CanadianClass.com. Dot dot com. Yep, there's yeah, no spaces. You, it's all lowercase. Right. It's easy. Yeah. I got you right now. So uh, it's it's Thank really you. a dog singing and playing the piano. <laughs> okay. Sounds like fun. Thank oh, you. Now. Well, I, it's something wrong here. Let me. Try to get it again. Oh, I just had to forward there. I see what I did wrong. Okay, I-N-F-O. I just said it out while I go to the folks on mine. Uh, (laughs) Dogs with talent. Dogs with talent playing I Got blues and singing. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you like it. You like it. I'm back I'm back
1: with you guys. Hey good. I just I don't know what's happening. It must be the song Once Upon a Long Time Ago that that pulls the plug (laughs) on my warn it out. (laughs) I know it. Uh, right now I'm on my smartphone, so that's the way I'll I uh, do the, uh, the, uh, uh, help you guys host the show. But, uh, did you get what you needed, Jim, from Brenda? Uh,
3: I was sending her, yeah, yeah. I've just yeah.
1: sent her an email. I sent it to you earlier about the dog that's singing and playing the piano. Oh, oh okay. Well, I I haven't seen that yet, but I got to see it. I saw it on my email and I'll look at it. Very good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I've gotten some good ones from you and George here lately. So, uh, and they're fairly clean, so.
0: <laughs> well, this one's very, very fairly <laughs> clean, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, well oh, nice having everybody listening in, and i uh, sorry for the interruption. And uh, it's still not too late to wish everybody a happy new year, I guess, the second month of February into the new year, 2022. And I always like to mention the countries that uh, are still following us, even with the break that we've had before broadcasting uh, today and trying to broadcast uh-huh. last week. But we still have Norway, Netherlands, uh, United Kingdom, Ireland, Germany, uh, Latvia, Russia, Romania, Croatia, wow. Austria, Switzerland, France, Spain, Portugal, Kenya, the United Republic of Tanzania, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Canada, and of course, uh, the U.S. and uh, Hawaii, and wow. islands, and Alaska. So, uh,
0: you, quite
1: a was, few from Ukraine. Yeah, is where you know it used to be. Ukraine. We did have one Ukraine. follower from the Ukraine. Yes. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. And uh, but it's great that uh, we get out. And of course, these people don't listen to us, you know, during the broadcast because it's so many yes. hours separated uh oh, time zone right. wise and so most of them are picking it up on the uh on the archive which anyone can go to our archive by just going Aww. to the, the uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash captain eddie c-a-p-t-e-d-d-i-e captain eddie and pick up all the uh, broadcasts that we've done in the past which is about 700 now that we've done they're still wow. there and uh Sometimes I go back to see what I I sounded like 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But my voice, I think as you grow older. than the mirror. (laughs) Yeah, we all go to a gravelly uh, sound the older we get, I think. uh, Yes. (laughs) But but at any rate, just again, we broadcast now on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Anyone know when Eastern Standard Time is coming in? No, sometime in March, but I'm not sure. March. It's, it's in. Yeah, I think it is in March, yeah. And, yeah. you know, since we have listeners from several major airline retirees and active employees here in the U.S. and around the world, uh, we thought it would be good to check in with these retirees and their airline for the latest news and history and They're great stories and memories. Uh, They've really been uh, the fans uh, from uh, the Braniff National, you name the airlines, and and they uh, have uh, Facebooked me that they listen to our shows. Again, they probably listen on the archive, and uh, we've invited some people. We're going to invite people from, like you mentioned before, Showtime, Brenda, that I'd like to get uh, folks from different airlines to come on and tell us a little bit about uh, their history, and uh, you know their stories of uh, of their airline. Well, Neil, sixty seven airlines to... are represented in Silver liners. We have members wow, 67 of sixty seven airlines. Yeah. Well, we're going to learn a little bit more about one of those airlines, <laughs> one that you flew with, one that you yeah. flew with. So uh, a little bit uh yeah, into the program. Let's see. Is it about now? No. I wanted to I'll read this. Last week, when I went off the air and lost my microphone, a few weeks ago uh, now, uh, I guess maybe nearly a month and a half ago, we lost one of the radio shows host that uh, was, it was very unexpectedly because I had talked to her about a couple of days or received a mail from her a couple of days before she passed away.
0: And Dorothy yeah.
1: tells me that I think she was on the phone with her the day before she died. But Norma Jean Borger passed away, and Norma Jean, as she liked to be called, worked for Eastern, as did her husband. She met there. But uh, this is a little short bio, short bio of, of Norma Jean that we put on our EAL radio show about our uh-huh. host. And uh, and I'll tell you a little bit more about another host after I tell you a little bit about Norma Jean. and. And uh, her association with the airlines because she was with another airline before Eastern. And she writes, everyone has a dream. And once I saw that huge red-lettered sign fly Eastern Airlines at the Miami airport on 36th Street, Uh, I think we all remember that big red sign, don't we?
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Mine
1: was working for Eastern Airlines. I had to make a reality, um, it, it, a reality, not a dream. Though reality didn't happen overnight. I began as a secretary at Pan American Airlines and was there two and a half years before f- fulfilling that dream, and finally able to tell the world on August thirty first, nineteen sixty four, I work for Eastern Airlines. Uh, I was assigned to the Engineering Analysis Division of Engineering and Maintenance, where uh, 2022 20, project engineers, 20 to 22 engineers worked in our small group on several priority projects going all, the, uh, all at the same time. That is, one high priority of testing for the reliability of the JT-8D engines uh, on the oh. Boeing 727 to gain FAA approval. I didn't know that Eastern was involved in the FAA approval of that uh, engine. But uh, uh, As well as the SST. They were working on the SST as well. And while working on a project for fabrics and interior seats and other demanding projects, our work was intense with these priority projects. And every day, we all were in and out of the engineering library building 22. A lot of us remember building 22, where our other important group was housed and and time was of the essence. Then in 1968, I was transferred to sales and service in building 16. We used to call that the ivory tower. The in-flight department working for Vice President Frank Sharp and Frank Williams. And with many other great people, such as Winnie Gilbert uh, and Helen Bowen, personnel at Easterns were always uppermost in their thinking and very aware of burnout, so they kept most of us rotated after two to four years in one area, giving us promotions, too. I then was interviewed as senior secretary to the director, uh, J. Robert Bobby O'Neill, who reported to Dr. Mort Ehrlich Vice President Planning and Scheduling, and worked there from 1970 to 1977. They were a mighty force of 85 incredibly brilliant group of people who worked together. Then Eastern moved the entire group to Miami, where all of them loved coming to work in January in shirt sleeves. I had a 14-year career in Miami before life changes caused me to transfer to Orlando's McCoy Field where I met and married my husband, a line maintenance mechanic of 16 years. Though Eastern frowned on us having the same supervisor, so when Juanita, a dear friend from Tampa, called telling me to apply for a new opening at Tampa, I then became the newest Tampa employee working at the Tampa airport, which I really loved. Everything was easy, and don't we all need easy,
0: until July
1: 2nd, 1989, and my last day after 25 years with Eastern. Tears flowed for weeks after that. We are grateful our family persevered after Eastern closed. As we moved to North Georgia and a new passion and career began as a master gardener, enjoying various, varying types of gardening. Uh, Once my husband retired, we returned home to Florida, signed up for the Florida Master Gardener course and and on to a 22-year career. I, too, am an eight-year volunteer at our local hospital and treasure the friendships and camaraderie there that truly enriched my life. I have two amazing, responsible children, a married son and daughter, with values and integrity and led them to owning really nice homes and giving me the wonderful, educated, talented grandchildren and six great-grandchildren. Norma Jean has been one of our hosts for many years and, and a great addition she was to our team. What an obituary to write. Boy, I would love for her to have written mine before she passed, but uh, at any rate, uh, Norma Jean We miss you, and uh, her son notified me when she passed away, and uh, she was always great on the radio. We really enjoyed her voice, and uh, she didn't always have time for our radio shows, but when she was available, she let me know, and she sent me lots of topics that we used on some of the shows. She was always keeping me in the loop and even paid me a visit here where we had lunch, about two years before she passed away so uh remember uh her family uh norma Jean border her name and and uh a a great lady and uh, a real asset to the eastern airlines family uh our next little well we 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 can't say too much about uh, mike scott except that what a great host he was with us on the radio show And uh, we only know what uh, George Jen, Captain George Jen, has uh, been able to find out for us about Mike, because Mike is, he kind of disappeared off the air uh, abruptly, and uh, we knew that uh, he had some uh, problems with diabetes in his foot, and I thought maybe it was a a problem with his feet. But uh, then we've learned after I've tried to call and leave word on his on his voice uh, message uh, i haven't had a return from it nor his email because uh, george tells me that mike captain mike scott's in the hospital and he has cancer throughout his body and um he's uh, refusing from what george tells us he's refusing radiation and and um and chemotherapy uh, the illness and so uh as soon as we know more about uh the, Mike's condition and perhaps how to get in touch with him uh I'll pass it uh, on to our listeners and to you guys that are with me today uh, a wonderful guy a humorist uh he had he had a, a a quip for just about anything that we said you know you remember yeah. that uh, Jim Oh Oder. Yeah. And,
3: uh, oh yeah well, but... great guy yeah. Great Talk guy, about Maker's
1: Mark. Yeah,
3: like there, there you go, Maker's Mark. There
0: you go. Yeah,
1: but I uh, always enjoyed it, and and he really kept uh, things going on the radio show, and this um, on the radio show and on the air, and um, so at at any rate, those are the two things I wanted to uh, to uh, broadcast today. It's been long overdue because Norma Jean passed away several weeks ago and and uh I think I see George Jen or either it's Harry on the line. I wanna see if it is Harry. Harry code six one five, who might that be? Oh, hey Neil, that is me. I, I meant to just call in on the uh on the on the online listening, but I'm here. Well, I
2: am too. How and you I'm doing?
1: Calling in on my smartphone, and uh, we're all Good. doing fine. We've got uh, Brenda Chevo with us, and we're going to uh, interview her in just a minute. And uh, Jim Holder's with us, of course, and the guy up there in North Georgia mountains. Uh, and uh, I wish he would say say something because he's got the best southern voice. Who's <laughs> <at> that, Jim? <laughs> Jim has a a great Southern voice. (laughs) Did did he say that people knew him by the name of Willie? Come on, Area Code 703, say it again.
3: I'm sorry. It's Willie. Willie, they call me.
1: Okay. All right. There's that great Southern voice. All right. But at any rate, and uh, you are in North Georgia, aren't you?
3: I'm in Northern Virginia.
1: Oh, Northern Virginia. Oh, okay. I thought it was our caller from uh, North Georgia calls in from time to time. But uh, at any rate, Harry, good to hear your voice again. You heard what I said about Mike Scott, I'm sure. Yeah. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Well, he's uh, he's not doing so well. We can't get in touch with him. Only a few people know and come into his room, I guess, and his son and also... Uh. A friend of his that maintains his airplane Out at the local airport But uh he's got cancer Throughout his body So uh, I hope uh, our audience And our host will say a prayer For Mike And uh, certainly hope for a miracle But
0: uh,
1: it's uh, uh, We'll keep you posted As to his condition As I find out So at any rate uh We do have Uh, Brenda, Brenda's way up there in Canada. What a long-distance bill you've got there, Brenda, for coming on board. (laughs) No, it's okay. I have a good plan. (laughs) Okay. If communications is as expensive as sending a book to Jim Holder (laughs) (laughs) and me sending a book to Renee up there in Toronto,
0: yeah, yeah yeah but yeah. at any rate
1: <laughs> we've got Brent, brenda uh, Chevrolet. and well. i can't say enough about that. do what jim old well that
3: ends well and i'm checking the mailbox next week I okay. <laughs> two years. Well, I yeah, two years. Well, get even with her
1: and ask ask her some embarrassing questions as we go through talking with Brenda about the airline that <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, she worked for. A lot of you know a lot of uh, folks don't recognize that name, Brenda, uh, up there in Canada. Uh, did y'all operate yeah. any flights? Of course, I'm talking about Ward Air, W-A-R-D. Yep. Can you tell us briefly about, uh, uh, well, first of all, about Brenda and how she got on with Ward Air and a little bit about Ward Air? Uh, Well, Ward Air was a charter airline
4: in Canada, and uh, I had taken a flight to Britain. And one of the flight attendants, I never thought about being a flight attendant, and one of the flight attendants on the aircraft was a girl I went to school with in grade two, <laughs> and then she moved, and there she was. Anyway, I thought it looked oh, like yeah. they were having fun, so I applied, and I got hired. And uh, wow. the airline was started started by Maxwell Ward, who was a Canadian aviation pioneer. He started his flying business, uh, bringing supplies to the north, like, The real North. Um, Anyway, long story short, he was, he, how do I want to put this? He demanded the best. And uh, basically, he got the best. So he had, we only had seven aircraft. That's how small we were. But the aircraft were Hmm. big and they were new and still well kept. We had four 747s and three DC-10s, Series 30s. And we oh. flew, of course, we didn't fly domestic or even trans, well, we did transborder strictly to Florida. Um, but aside from mm-hmm. that, we um, flew, well, it was Holland, France, Germany, um, nine destinations in Britain, Ireland. Uh, we flew to the Caribbean, um, a load of destinations in Florida. We were there all the time. You'd see two 747s parked You know, Fort Lauderdale, Fort Myers, Mm. West Palm Beach, uh, Tampa, Um, and then we flew to Hawaii. So, as a matter of fact, Mm. what was that show with Tom Selleck out of Hawaii? Something.
1: Magnum P.I.
4: Yes, that. Well, in the credits of Magnum P.I., where they're, you know, at the, well, the credits are showing, you know, the island. And, uh, it captured one of our 747s taking off <laughs> in, that, wow. in that, uh, yeah. So again, we were there all the time, but yeah, so that's what it was. It was a small airline, but it was only when I joined Silverliners, which I love that I learned that suddenly, it. I will, I'll just tell you this part. Suddenly I learned about, I was hearing their stories and I loved them. Um, they had a different kind of flying than I did because they were mostly uh, city to city in the States, not as much, to, I think only at the end, I could be wrong, they went to Europe. Um, and so it was an entirely different type of flying. And on kind of the funny side, they they got to meet, you know, movie stars and well, sports players and um, rich businessmen. And we only got to meet families and old people because, <laughs>
0: because it was a charter. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that,
4: that was uh, my flying now about Silverliners, It's an organization for retired or current flight attendants that was started by Eastern Airlines flight attendants. I think 1964, if I've got that right. And they just wanted to have an organization where they could reminisce, they could uh, meet new friends, and the big thing is they do charities. They work together like they used to work together, we're a crew, and do charities um, for their local areas. And I don't, again, I, I should know, but I don't know the exact year, when they realized that if they just stuck to Eastern flight attendants, then sadly... It will diminish because life, you know, it doesn't last forever. And they open their doors to all flight attendants from all airlines around the world. Well, it is fabulous. Now we have members that have flown for 67 different airlines. We have anything from your corporate. We have all the big names. We have the little names. We have someone from Britain. Um, It's just, it's fabulous. So, you know, we meet at convention or through the Internet or on Facebook and share our stories. And the stories are, yes, there's the fun stories, but there's also the historic stories. So it's wonderful. It is just the best thing I ever did, I'll tell you that. So um, we have some wonderful people there. And Neil, you're a part of it. You
1: joined Oh yeah, I had to. Because I love your brilliant magazine. You're wonderfully put together. Wonderful stories. Great color. And uh wow. Uh Jim uh, Jim have did you ever see one of the Silverliners magazines Jim, Jim Holder was? Jim was a sure editor did. of Ripper I sure T. Did. did you?
3: Yeah. Yes, and I'm sitting here thinking where did it come from, and where is it now? I'm sitting there looking around my <laughs> office, wondering where it's hiding. Oh yes, the color is tremendous in there. Tremendous,
4: It's oh, yeah. the a good printer. Boy. Yeah, very good printer.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And uh,
1: lovely to work well, how with many, too. I will uh, say. About how many of those do you print uh, every month now, Brenda? Well, we just do it. It's twice a year. It's the spring and fall.
4: Uh, sorry, it's spring, spring and summer, and fall and winter. Yeah. And what we try to do is um, for each chapter, of course, it's growing because we're growing chapters. We're opening new chapters all the time now. And each chapter will send in a little report, you know, on their members, on what they've done, what their charities are, um, where they met, what restaurant. But they'll also give, you know, graduations of their grandchildren or anything like that, little celebrations. And so that's a, a core part of the magazine. But then we go on, um, we have a health and wellness column, which is written by a member. It can be anything from the benefits of ballroom dancing um, to uh, tips on staying healthy, especially during this kind of time we've had in the last two years, um, mental health, uh, skin care. So we have that section. And my favorite section of all is called our stories. And anybody can write in and just give a little story. Well, Neil, we published one of yours. And it's just delightful. These are the things that we sit at convention with a glass of wine, two or three or four, in our hand. And (laughs) we we talk about, well, not everybody can make it to convention. So by putting it in the magazine, everybody can read them. I mean, one of my favorites last year Uh. was about, I don't know whether you read them, about the penguins. Coming on the uh-huh. like real penguins, not a sports yeah, that, team. Yeah, I, I remember mm-hmm. that, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I mean, of course, the flight attendants thought it was another sports team. And here comes these penguins. <laughs> I, just, I thought that was the adorable. Real penguins. <laughs> yeah. So, there's some very cute stories. And then there's some, you there know, are. what we call yeah. our flight from hell. <laughs> We've all had <laughs> one or two. <laughs> mm. But, no, it's um, yeah. it's fun to put it together and of course we did a section on 9-11 because last year was the 20th anniversary and uh, yeah. sadly the airline industry is huge is big but it's really small <laughs> uh, I bet you every one of us know a flight attendant or a pilot who has died in the line of duty yeah. you know who's uh, in a crash or nine eleven or all the different things or incident um, so well, we have mem- well, members
1: Sorry, yeah. Well, I was going to cut in here uh, about that because you have written a brilliant book about uh, uh, about exactly, exactly that airline crashes. Can Can you tell us the yeah. name of that t- and how to get it, uh, Brenda? A little bit about you writing the book. Wonderful. Sure. Book.
4: Thank, thank, you, Neil. I um, the name of it is Flight Attendants Lost in the Line of Duty, and uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can get Kindle version, hardcover, softcover. Um, I presume there's other places like Chapters Indigo or, or Barnes & Noble. But anyway, um, I had had heart surgery back in, I can never remember now. I think it's 200 and 200, 2016. It might have been 18. I don't know. Anyway, it said, uh, I had a valve that failed, but I'm fine. But anyway, it said that when you recover, you should have a hobby that it really helps take (laughs) your mind off things. Well, I don't knit. So I thought, what do I do? So I started writing a book, a tongue in cheek book that was about training flight attendant training and the funny things that happened there. And then I got, when I was writing about emergencies, I thought, wait a minute, you know, this isn't so funny. Like it really hit me. So I decided to do the book and what I've done is I have taken case studies of legacy accidents that cover each type of emergency. So we'll have a study on a ditching, a study on a post-crash fire, an in-flight fire, a study on a hijacking, study on a ditching. I don't know if I already said that. Um, Decompressions. Um, So that's what it is. It's like a bunch of small stories. But what it did for me, it amazed me that you know how we honor flight attendants, uh, sorry, firefighters and police and EMTs and yeah. so we should. Absolutely. But they never honor flight attendants and that really bothers me ever. And what mm. I found even myself it shocked me how noble and how brave they have been through the years. I I mean that Honolulu remember the 737 that blew the roof off
0: the convertible?
4: Yeah. Mm. And mm. uh Mm -hmm. The flight attendants, uh, one was sucked out of the cabin. There was three of them. One was hit in the head with flying debris, and the other one was slightly injured. But instead of buckling herself in her jump seat as they are now descending, she crawls up and down the aisle to help Mm. passengers and reassure them. That's just one. And and then we take the United Airlines 811 that blew the cargo door off and tore half the side up the upper deck and mm-hmm. nine passengers mm-hmm. were sucked out. Those flight mm-hmm. attendants too. Think of the sound of what's going on. They also lost number uh, three and number four engine. It's in the dark and night over the ocean. And instead of buckling in their jump seats, nope, they stood up and they could only mime because no one could hear anything. So they mimed doing the um, demo for the seatbelt, uh, for the life vest. And in mm-hmm. the other deck, he had had to walk forward, and the passengers were turning around behind them, miming it. So these are just two of the examples. Mm. And yet, I saw um, a news uh, print, I guess, about two, three years ago now. American Airlines had a engine fire on the ground. It all turned out well. It was, uh, I think, at Chicago, and they evacuated. You know, everything was fine. But the headline was, firefighters evacuated the aircraft.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. No credit for flight attendants, yeah. yeah. The
4: firefighters weren't on board. Yeah. yeah, give them credit. They were outside. But they did not yeah. evacuate yeah. that aircraft. So yeah. anyway, this is what the book is about. It's not a book about whining. There's no whining in it. And the part that's different about flight attendants in an accident is when a firefighter comes to a scene, or police or EMT, they know what they're coming to. They're trained, they're healthy, they're on shift, they have all their protective gear, they are ready to deal with even psychologically. Flight attendants, especially in an unexpected crash, you know that you haven't had time to prepare the cabin, you evacuate and help people after the aircraft has crashed.
0: Mm -hmm. You have been
4: through the crash. You are injured, you do not have protective equipment, you weren't psyched up for it, and they still do it. And so people need to realize that about flight attendants. So anyway, there I am. I'll get
1: down off my soapbox
0: now.
4: No, not (laughs) quite yet. You're not through
1: yet, Brenda. You're not through yet. Uh, (laughs) Tell us the name of the book again. Flight Attendants
0: Lost.
4: Yeah, flight attendants lost in the line of duty. Okay. Now, I've heard, and I I get it, that can be a title that's maybe a turnoff for some people. Um, And that's too bad, but I I chose it because I wanted the impact. I wanted people to know. Do you know over almost 1,600 flight attendants have died in the line of duty in the last 35 to 40 years?
0: mm,
1: Wow. Wow. I didn't know that.
4: And do you know if I go on the um, uh, official accident and incident reports from the FAA or, or from the NTSB, I can't remember who it's from anyway, and in Canada, the TSB, half the time they don't even put their names down. Their names yeah. aren't even in the report. They are crew and passengers. So, you know 91 died. They don't even, they'll always mm. give the front ends names. So the, what do the parents do if it was your child? You, you don't even get yeah. that comforting pride, you know what I mean, that what your child did. So, yeah, it's, there's a lot of um, things that are really wrong with the perception on flight attendants and the industry, and it really has to change. But Now, one, one area of change I'm very proud of, the book is not a big seller, I'm not going to lie. It's, you know, It's not flying off the shelves. It never will. However, it is now being used for commercial pilot training for CRM Cockpit Resource Management or Crew Resource Management now um, at Embry-Riddle at Aeronautical University in Daytona.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. Great.
4: I am so pleased with that because
0: yeah. Yeah.
4: That, that honors, again, it, I don't want to be honored. It's the book. It's the contents. That has to get out there, you know. So, see, I still am well, on my podium. <laughs> I
1: I hope Brenda that you can share some of the story. I don't want to tell you how to edit your book. I mean, the magazine for the Silverliners, yeah. but boy, yeah. I, I, you, you could uh, put a story or two or more in in your magazine, uh, Silverliners, and uh, and yeah. uh, that would be great. But your book is is. Is, is very much needed recognition of the flight attendants and what they go through without uh, very little, if any, recognition. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm, I'm very proud of your book and proud, proud of you have written it. And Thank you. Um, there is another it, book that uh, you have recommended, and I'd like oh, for yeah. you to tell us a little about the book Jump Seat.
4: Yes, Jump Seat, A Tale of Twisted Fate by Eduardo Valenciana. uh, I wasn't even aware of this crash. Um, And I don't know why I wasn't, but it was 1979. And he was a young flight attendant on uh, Western Airlines out of Los Angeles. And it was a red eye into Mexico City on uh, Halloween. And uh, when they landed, uh, well, what struck me about the book when I first started reading it he talks about training, flight attendant training, and then he talks about that day when he's he's on reserve, and he's called to do this flight, and he's on the crew bus seeing who the rest of the flight attendants are, and he admits he was in a bit of a bad mood. You know, he didn't want to do that flight, and um,
0: mm.
4: anyway, they get on, you know, a crew of eight or ten. I can't remember. It was the DC 10, so there's eight doors, but for some, oh, yeah, there was two deadheading flight attendants. That's what mm-hmm. made it 10. They were going to Mm -hmm. work on the way home when it's busier. And um, one of the girls on the flight, uh, a flight attendant, was talking to him in the galley on that flight and said that she was looking at the boarding pass of one of the passengers and looked troubled. And he said, what's the matter, so to speak? and, And turns out that she said, well, since I was 11 years old, she has dreamt repeatedly, that she will die in a plane crash. And she said the flight number was 265. Well, he looked and he said, well, this flight number is 2605. He said, so I don't think Mm -hmm. I'm going to die tonight. And she said uh, something to the effect of, well, you probably won't. And then another one was feeling a little something. There was some sort of a feeling in the cabin and that's very strange. But of course, Latino people often have that, that they do have premonitions or think about things like that in other worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they come in and it's, um, it's foggy. And the uh, captain has done that several times before, but there was a problem, uh, getting the cockpit voice recorder, which he managed to get. Um, he was told to go to 23 left. And, uh, when he went to 23 left, he got a bit, well, he got a bit confused, but of course he got confused just as he's coming down and there was a truck parked on it. He mm. flipped it, and uh, the left landing gear was torn off, and then it spun it around, and there we go, and it went into the eastern building and burst into flames. Yeah, but as he yeah. comes to, it's Halloween. And in Mexico, they really celebrated Halloween and All Saints Day and All Souls Day. Uh and uh, Uh he's coming to in this fog. He was 4R at the back. He's coming to in this fog, and the fire and the shock of being in the accident, waking up, and there's all these things around him, creatures with skulls and witches, and here they are, the people coming to help, but they're dressed up for Halloween when it crashes. Can you imagine Uh, the disorientation? Well, I won't tell you the whole book, oh. but he was handled, he was taken by <laughs> Mexican authorities. He ended up at the wrong hospital. The taxi driver took him not to the American hospital, but to a Mexican hospital. There the police put him in a room without medical help, uh, literally slapped him around, getting him to sign a, an order saying that, um, an affidavit saying he'd served the cockpit crew alcoholic beverages on the flight oh my god oh,
1: and he refused
4: geez. to sign it well i have to tell you reading that book i won't tell you any more but reading that book at that point i had to stop i thought this has to be fiction and i went online and i researched and i read um what do you call it uh, reviews from people who've read it and that's where i found the truth it is not fiction it was all true and the reviews, um, some of them said I used I was the uh, his football coach or whatever, you know, soccer coach in high school and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, but anyway, I've been in touch with him now. And I just mailed my book
1: off to him yesterday.
0: <laughs> but
1: any chance you can email him and ask him to come on our show? We'd love to talk with him.
4: Yeah, I will.
1: Yeah.
4: I will. Good. And he's joining Silver Liners.
1: Oh, wonderful. <laughs> That's super.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that fabulous? Now, he's our age now, you know what I mean? Like, he's in his yeah. late 60s, I guess, almost 70. But, um,
0: sure, our age, had... Jim.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but he certainly has had um, a lot to get over because, um, as you read more of it, the accident was one thing to get over, the loss of his crew and uh, what he witnessed, seeing some of them burn. Um, well, the fire trucks in Mexico City were coming to put out the fire but didn't have water. You never think when you're flying into certain yeah. places, do you? No. And uh it, it was just an eye opener, so I highly recommend that
3: book, Jumpseed: A Tale of well, Twisted Fate. Yeah. You, well, you know you I re- really I remember that game. crash. I remember that yeah. crash vividly. And it was you're in very it. close pro- – oh, yes, I remember that, Craig. So I, flew, I flew to Mexico City a lot back in the 70s with Eastern, the first officer, okay. and I flew down there as captain also. But I remember it well, and you're right, he landed on the wrong runway. And uh, yeah. the, the question was, well, they cleared him to the wrong runway. I don't know. Mexico City, sometimes things get a little confusing. But well, uh, I did not in realize in. it was in 77, you say? was it been that long?
4: 79. Seventy-nine.
3: Seventy-nine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. right. It's uh. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, I remember that crash, Beth. Definitely. Oh, it, oh, oh
4: isn't goodness. that something?
3: It yeah. was horrific. I guess, yeah. I guess the reason I remember it is I had so many experiences going in and out of Mexico City. I'm not going to sit in and tell war stories, but it's a challenge. And okay. anybody yeah. that goes down there on the airline at that altitude and uh, visibility in the mountains and how you had to go around this one hill making a landing, you know, and at night, yeah. and the, the language barrier was, was really bad, too. Uh, yeah, yes, you know. it was really bad. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm.
4: And, of course, um, you know, it became political. Um, and that is where I feel that Eduardo, or Eddie, as he likes to be called, suffered greatly because we all have such an allegiance to our airline. There's there's a real loyalty to our airline and that
0: big, beautiful mm-hmm. bird.
4: So not only has he lost his crew, he's seen passengers burn to death, he's injured himself, um, he sees the airplane smashed up, taken, like I say, but then the betrayal comes. The betrayal of the U.S. government. You'll read that.
0: Mm-hmm. The betrayal
4: of his own airline. I- again, back yeah. then at least, so many flight attendants who survived a crash were treated like dirty little secrets by their airline. Their airline was afraid of what they might say. And they were sort of forced out of their job. So it was a very tough time. Very tough time. But yeah, it's quite the book, I'll tell you. And when you read it, you're probably going to think, can this be true? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So. And he's not a flowery writer. It's not that. And it isn't all about me, me, me. It's quite the opposite. He's written an incredible book there, documented it, you know. But anyway, yes, so yeah. I certainly will ask him, Neil.
1: Very good. Yeah, please do. And yeah. where does he live, Brenda? Is he in the U.S. or is he? Hawaii? Uh, oh, he's, he's in, in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, what's yeah. that five hours difference or four hours? I I looked it up, it's five hours
4: from me, and I'm the same as you, yeah, it was five hours.
1: Yeah, five hours, I thought it was, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'd certainly like to have him, and Saturday uh, would be probably uh, really early for him, one o'clock, minus five. So, I don't know, it wouldn't be too bad. He'd get up and have his breakfast and come on the show. (laughs) And (laughs) And I'm uh, sure he would, you know, I'm sure he would. Well, that's uh, great. I enjoyed uh, hearing about both the books, your book and uh, Eddie's book. So I'd, I'd love to talk with him. And uh we've got some good guests coming up here that I've been uh, uh commuting, I mean com- communicating with and uh so I think we're going to have some interesting shows this uh this year. Wonderful. As long as I can remain healthy and I I finally yesterday took my uh my uh splints off my three fingers that I broke
0: and, and found geez. out that
1: I can't close my fist. I can't make uh. a fist and, uh, because it's almost solidified in the position that uh. the cast was uh, was made. So yeah. now I've got to take some uh, rehab and learn how to work my fingers again. Uh. So.
4: Is it is it your right hand? Is it your...
1: Um and it's from my here. right hand. That's my that's my dominant. useful hand, you know, yep. dominant hand. Yeah. Aww. So I wash dishes with two fingers and <laughs> a lot of things. You ought to Be see careful. the checks that I write out to pay my bills. They, they probably are saying, boy, has this guy changed overnight.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but... Um, at any rate, uh, all they want to see is the numbers and my signature. They could care less. About.
0: But yeah, a right. lot of
1: folks now have gone to, you know, uh, online checking and all that. But uh, I still pay several bills by the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Uh, but I, I sure like to deposit checks now on the Internet. So uh, using my smartphone, that, that has really sim- s- simplified uh, banking. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, before we uh, before we play a song, before we go out, I had all sorts of good songs lined up. But by golly, I I didn't want to miss a word that you 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 uh, you spoke about uh, you,
0: Lord Air and,
1: and the two books. It was really great,
3: Brenda.
0: Appreciate yeah, it. yeah,
1: I, uh, and, I, I second that. Uh, and I, I'm a member of the local Silverliners. Here in Jacksonville, and uh, as a matter of fact, when I first joined, uh, Mary uh, Golly uh, invited me yep. to come over and be the guest speaker, and and uh-huh. I did. It was a lot of fun at Mary's uh, home. Uh, you know, her husband was a captain with uh, American, I think. I forgot exactly, but I think it was American. But at any rate, I saw this on Facebook, and I thought this was really good, and you might want to use it in your book, but I got this from the Mary Golly, who uh, is one of the officers here in the Jacksonville chapter of the Silverliners. and I saw yeah. it on Facebook, so therefore I don't mind reading it, and I don't think she would mind me reading it. But she says, just wanted everyone to know that whomever has been in contact with me in any way over the last 14 days should stay indoors and contact your nearest test center. I'm so sorry to everyone of my friends and family and those who have been in close proximity to me. I've had symptoms for a few days now and it has just been confirmed. I have been diagnosed with being awesome Good-looking, hilarious, and completely (laughs) off my rocker. (laughs) I I I was told there is no cure as of yet for all four of these symptoms. When I see this reposted on the Facebook, I'll know who has read this to the end. I know a few that won't let me down. And she says, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I do not. Uh, I do know family and friends who've gotten the COVID, and it's no joke. Yeah. Symptoms yeah, are awful. awful, but lessened when vaccinated to some degree. Get that vaccine, she says in her closing uh, uh, remarks. Yeah. So Mary did a great job. You know, she wrote her own book, uh, and uh, Mary's got a book. I don't know if you know that, Brenda. No. But uh, – it's it's all about uh, her getting a job uh, with the uh, airlines, and um, it's, a, it's a great book. It really is. Oh, I'll and, look that uh, up for sure. Yeah, so you might want to talk I think, to anybody from Jack's. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Forgot, I forgot the name of it. Uh, I, I, I forgot the name of it, but. Uh, it's all about the airlines, great pictures she's got in there, a handsome husband, oh. uh, very nice-looking guy, and and uh, oh. they have uh, children, of course. And They live here in St. Augustine over on the beach side, uh, St. Augustine Beach area, and yeah. um, they have a good turnout. Unfortunately, I haven't been to the last couple of meetings because taking care of my wife, uh, I've been doing that and taking care of myself. So, yeah. uh, and am unable to, uh, to to attend the uh, get-togethers, but they do have a turnout, good turnout. And yeah. by the way, I'd like I'd love to do this if you can talk to the higher uppers with Silverliners. Uh, we'd like to do a a show and get uh, the Silverliners involved all over the world because the Silverliners are growing, and and with yeah. with your magazine, uh, I don't know why anyone would not want to be uh, you know, especially if you're a retired flight attendant. But even pilots, uh, great stories in there. You find out uh, some some uh, personal stories about how you gals met your husbands and that type of thing, you know. It, it, it's yeah. really wonderful book, uh, magazine that you put out.
4: Thank you very much. Yeah, we, uh, you know, I couldn't do it, of course, without the submissions, without the people sending and supporting the magazine, sure. like the flight attendants who send their stories and those yeah. who write the stories, like I'm telling you. and. Um, our wonderful Connie Kerrigan. I mean, she's written a couple of really good oh,
0: articles. I
1: mean, I love that last great. one, Fly, yeah. flying the Freedom birds.
0: Oh. Uh, yeah, oh,
1: yeah. I worked with her when I was the editor of, of Repartee. Repartee, and uh, I think Jim, you probably worked with Connie. Maybe,
0: maybe, uh,
1: or maybe she'd already left being the editor. But uh, she gave me some great stories. And mm-hmm. that was my problem getting getting people to send the stories. And Jim, you had the same problem, probably.
3: Yes, I yeah. did, and I I would uh, write a few myself just in case I didn't have anything yeah. to put in there. Yeah. But fortunately, I got uh, <laughs> I had a couple of guys that would have one in every week, every every issue if I'd have let them, but. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Well, I was one of my real <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I tell you, I enjoyed putting that magazine out. I complained about it and everything, you know, overwork and all the you know the stuff that, that I might might have yeah. said that was said. And, uh, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't like being the webmaster, but I did I did enjoy it. <laughs> Aww. Well, who got you in? Who I enjoyed both of those jobs. Yeah, well, the, the only problem with the webmaster is I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah, I screw things up regularly. <laughs> <don't
3: worry. laughs> e for effort. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Aww. Well,
1: no, I enjoyed it. I really job do. for for about 15 years. How long have you been doing the edit, being the editor? Connie, what retired a couple of years ago? Brenda, from editor.
4: I don't yeah, I don't know if that I'm not looking at the magazine, but yeah, she's done I believe more than once Connie has, but um, yeah. you know i yeah. I think I was two thousand nineteen might have been twenty, so okay. I think this okay. this might be my fifth magazine now that I'm putting out uh, well, the one I'm, I'm working on right now that'll
1: come out. Okay, for listeners around the world, tell uh, folks that uh, might be listening uh, in Europe especially. We yes. want to get some uh, Europeans and Asian airlines involved in the Silver Liners. What a, what yes. a coup that would be. And uh, okay. can you tell us uh, on the air how you can uh, get in touch with the Silverliners?
4: Absolutely, Neil. Very good point. So you just go to the website, www.the Silverliners.org. So that's www.TheSilverLiners Plural .org And on there, it's a website all about it It's got the form that you can fill out And send in um, It tells you everything It's a wonderful website And, uh, you know, it shows Pictures of past conventions and this sort of stuff And um, the chapters Some of the chapters have their own page We're trying to get all of them too, but Everything takes time. But yes, we welcome <clears throat> flight attendants from all airlines all around the world. And it is such
0: wonderful.
4: It's just wonderful. Yeah, That's all I can say. The camaraderie. Because we all learned the same thing. You know what I mean? We all had that same yeah. dedication.
0: So, yeah. Well, let's uh, hope we get I Neil. appreciate
1: you, uh, Brenda. Uh, it was uh, Bocata. Is that how I pronounce her name? Barbara? Uh, Bukata. Yeah. Or Bukata, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think she sent me a uh, a guest, and she wanted me to be, be, be the guest at their convention, and uh, that was very kind of her. I hope uh, we're yes. able to make it over there, but at any rate, it just depends on uh, my wife's condition at the time, whether I can do that or not, but uh, I certainly would like yes. to be there. I've gone to about three of them the past conventions. I've been to a few of them and um they're always great to attend. Yes, you know. we wanted you to come
4: as our guest to the um dinner is what we wanted okay, to you to be a guest good. at the well, dinner. And so um I I I know it's hard, Neil, but I hope you can. We all really hope you yeah. can. And uh right. yeah, it'd be lovely to see you.
1: Well, and that, and also, uh, Jim, uh, any anything happening over on the Reba side as far as uh, reunion? Uh,
3: no, uh, they're eyeballing in April. Uh, they're, they're not calling a, re- a convention, as you know, like it's a reunion and everything. And uh, they're just waiting to see how the how it goes. But um, they're tip- they're looking yeah. at doing it at the same place, north of Atlanta, up there, and uh, in April. But it's definitely not okay. different. So yeah.
4: Well don't okay, promise ours. Ours is <laughs> April twenty
1: fourth <24th> to twenty eighth.
0: <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, has
1: some conflicting dates between the uh, <laughs> Silverliners and the Reefa conventions. Yeah. Uh it happens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I've good always, luck. I've
1: always I've always thought the two two organizations ought to get together. Boy, that would be a blast! Wow, I
3: beat my head against the wall. Oh, did I beat my head against? Not just me. We tried and tried and tried to do it, Isn't and then just certain you know, leaderships at the Silver Falcons just said, "We're not going to have anything to do with Reaper because uh, no. you know we're the scabs." And uh, I just gave up finally, you know. It it could have been a much better organization, but they wouldn't do it. And I say Mm -hmm. they. I was uh, on the first board of the Silver Falcons. I was the secretary Mm -hmm. of the first board, and uh, I was later the president of the Silver Falcons. And a lot of people Uh in the Silver Falcons wanted to put the two groups together, but there was certain leadership that just absolutely carried the day, I guess you might say.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, So I yeah. just gave
3: up I I tried that for five, six years And finally just gave up uh, yeah. I, do, I don't have that history So,
1: you know Can't comment on that But well, thank you, I Neil hear some music, but I hear some music in the background So it must be time to go But uh, I, I would appreciate Yeah, I appreciate you guys being with us Today and and Brenda, I hope you can get Eddie to come on the show. He would be a fascinating person to talk with and hear his story.
4: Thank you very much, Neil.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I,
4: I will, as often as you want me, I'll. I'd be very happy to help you out. And thank I you so hope much. others will as well. So I will start talking it up. <laughs>
3: okay. Uh, All right. right. Well, well, goodbye,
1: we'll everybody. Merle, we'll see you. Merle Haggard going to fly us out of here.
2: Don't leave me, Don't take that airplane ride. But you locked me out of your mind. And left me standing here behind. the same.